back to the Go In The Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 131, and we are into the second day of the legal tampering period. Very intense stuff for the NFL. Going to talk about all of that. The best of the best, the worst of the worst stuff that hasn't even happened yet. Mm-hmm. World Baseball Classic 2 has been going on. And it's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that will lead me right into my opener where yeah. I want to talk about the intensity within the World Baseball Classic. Uh, baseball kind of is criticized a lot as like being a slow sport. And, you know, it's it's just not super intense but in the world baseball classic if you watch some of these games it's been super intense and that's been really fun to see as a baseball fan of course whether that's the games in taichung taiwan or i think they're in taiwan right now Mm -hmm. uh whether the games in the tokyo dome or or even the games in the states in miami or or for or uh arizona the intensity is unmatched. Uh, if you just watch any of those games in Miami it, between like the Dominican Republic and Venezuela or tomorrow of the Dominican Republic versus Puerto Rico, it's crazy. Any RBI single, anything like that, the entire team is out of the dugout, flipping out and going crazy the entire time. So that's fun to watch. And I'm sure you've been enjoying that as well, too. Yeah, absolutely, because uh, my opener is also a World Baseball Classic related here. I got to go with Japan and China. It's the first game from the Tokyo Dome in Pool B. I stayed up. This was a 2 a.m. first pitch because I was so hyped to watch uh, Otani pitch. And even though we knew that China was going to get destroyed, um, just seeing Otani out there, you know, every time he hit 100, the crowd going nuts for him. And, you know, RBI double off the wall. Uh, threw uh, gave up one hit in four innings. Um, awesome performance by him, and uh, and I'm excited to see what else you can do in this tournament because he's already the the pool. Uh, is it pool B? Yeah, I think I said pool yeah. B. the pool B MVP so far uh, of the first round, and uh, they're not done at all. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely been fun, and they have one game left in. In Tokyo Dome because that will be the what is that the quarterfinal game against Italy on yeah. Thursday uh, and then I believe if they win that they head over to Miami to play in the semifinal. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week where we're sticking with some players within the WBC starting off with the Pool A MVP Yu Chang for Chinese Taipei Yu Chang's the uh, decent player in the MLB you know he's not he kind of bounces up and down from the minors uh but a decent hitter that's kind of what he's been known for in his time that he's been up but in the WBC playing in his home country this dude absolutely raked in his first four games or I guess his total four games because they got eliminated but he went seven for 16 two homers and eight RBIs good enough for that pool a MVP uh, and watching a guy like that who doesn't get the chance to play in his home country literally ever do that and do what he did. It was really fun to watch. Uh, and then the other guy that we want to talk about, too, is Anthony Santander, mm-hmm. who's playing in the outfield for Team Venezuela, who is off to a great start so far, by the way. I believe fire. they're just a win away from qualifying. 
uh, beating Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic within the first two games really set them up really nicely uh, with their last two games now coming against Nicaragua and Israel. So they should be fine. They just got to win one of those. But they've mainly been winning because of Anthony Santander and what he's been doing. Five hits and 11 at-bats, two homers and five RBIs. Good for a 455 average. This dude's been raking. He's had a lot of big hits in that tournament so far. I wonder if he's on pace to break Otani's OPS record for World Baseball Classic. I don't know. He's currently at 1.8 for his OPS. That's so he's nuts. up there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's still got some games to go, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll see how that ends up going. Let's go ahead and get into our team reports, though, because a lot of stuff has happened with the Raiders mm-hmm. and the Jets over these last few days. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to hold off on the Rodgers talk because we got a whole segment for that. But no, Rodgers is not a Jet yet. We will talk about what I think about all of that. But we did get uh, one of his buddies today, Alan Lazard, 44 million over four years uh, or three years. I'll take that. Uh, massive dude, big blocker. It probably means um, Corey Davis is getting released. But, um, you know, we wouldn't be going after this guy if it uh, for nothing, if you know what I'm saying here. And re-signed Quincy Williams. I like that. Bryce Huff got the second-round tender. Also like that. And uh, a lot of guys are going to be walking, which is going to be interesting. We don't know 100% yet, sure, but a lot of the linemen uh, have already been signed by other teams, like McGovern and uh, and Herbig. But uh, it's going to be interesting because we got a lot of draft picks. And the offseason has not even officially started yet, so I'm not worried at all. Uh, Greg the Leg resigned too. Respect. Yeah, Legatron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for the Raiders, it's it's been pretty interesting in these first couple of days. Of course, we've made a lot of headlines, and I'm not going to talk exactly on how that will affect our team yet because we will be talking about that yeah. soon. But I'll go over the money and the stuff that we gave it a little bit more depth than I would for the other teams, of course. So first off. Jimmy Garoppolo is now our quarterback, signed a three-year, $72.725 million deal, uh, which is $34 million guaranteed over those first two years, I'm pretty sure. Uh, So that makes him our quarterback. I won't get into how I feel about that. Like I said, uh, Amir Abdullah re-signed contract. That's nothing too crazy. Josh Jacobs got the franchise tag last week. Jacoby Myers signed with us this morning on a three-year, year 33 million dollar deal and that looked to be like a you know pretty decent signing interesting because it would have kind of filled out our offense and then we traded darren waller away uh, about two hours later for the 100th overall pick a third round pick this year in the nfl draft that's tough i didn't enjoy that but it is what it is uh brandon parker just said mid guy on the offensive line that we re-signed on a one year $1.5 million deal. And then the two moves that we've made on defense so far was sign in safety Marcus Epps, who played the most snaps out of anybody on that Philadelphia defense last year. So only two years, 12 million. I think we did a pretty good job on that. And then the other guy that we just signed a couple hours ago is Robert Spillane to a two year, $9 million deal, uh, 4 million guaranteed within that. So Nothing too crazy there. Hey, kind of it's not bad when healthy, man. Yeah, we just got to go ahead and get it. One of the big fishes at this point. Yeah. And I don't know how that's going to go. But trading Darren Waller does free up some cap space. So maybe that does happen in the next couple of days as far as signing one of those big guys. Okay. 
let's go ahead and talk about the yeah, the biggest trade that happened over this past week, and that's Carolina trading up to number one with the Chicago Bears. The entire details for this trade are listed out here. Uh, the Bears get pick number nine, pick 61, a first-round pick in 2024, so that'll be next year's draft, and then a second-round pick in 2025, as well as wide receiver DJ Moore. And then the Panthers get the first overall pick. Uh, it's a pretty interesting situation with what the Panthers are going to do. They've said that maybe they're just going to trade that pick back away and kind of get some more draft assets and go from there and just build back up what they kind of lost, which seems as a little bit of an interesting situation there. Uh, but likelihood, they are probably going to go ahead and take somebody with that first overall pick. So who do you think is going to be, is it going to be a quarterback? Who do you think? In my opinion, Kyle, you don't trade up to number one for a project. Okay, yeah. they would have traded up to three with Arizona or even lower than that if they really wanted Anthony Richardson. So I think their guy is CJ Straub. I wouldn't be upset with Bryce Young either, but those are the best quarterbacks by far. We've seen we solidified it at the combine. You know, Richardson was great, but he's not one of the the one A or one B there. Where they could trade is if they realize Stroud is their guy and they hear from Houston they really want Bryce Young, then they could swap one and two and steal uh, another second round pick from them. They really wanted that. Or if they realize they've, they've messed up, like you said, wanted to trade back down and get more picks, but there's no more veteran quarterbacks on the market. So I think that's kind of past us uh, and a little crazy. I think you got to grab your guy, whether it's Stroud or Bryce Young. Yeah. Uh, you said that, you know, you wouldn't do it for a project. Unfortunately, you are not the Carolina Panthers. I feel like this is a perfect thing for the Panthers. They get a chance at taking another super exciting quarterback that can kind of just, you know, bring Carolina Panthers into like the the main light that they were when they had Cam Newton. And I think they've seen a little bit of Cam Newton within Anthony Richardson and with his ability to run and make plays outside of the pocket. And so they're going to go ahead and take that shot. AR-15 is the guy that Frank Reich apparently likes the most out of any of the quarterbacks in the draft. Uh, and when your head coach likes him the most, that's probably going to be the guy who you're going to take. Uh, if they do end up taking him at one, he becomes a wild bust, then yeah. you know it's, it's a pretty solid trade for the Chicago Bears because they're probably going to end up getting somebody pretty good at nine anyways. Uh, but if AR-15 turns into what his ceiling is, this trade will be fully worth it for him. I'm not saying it's uh, impossible, but do you know where everyone who agreed to take Cam Newton is right now? In the Bahamas, Kyle. Because I got fired. <laughs> so, they made it to the Super Bowl. They made true. it to the Super Bowl. I'll give them that. That's true. But uh, they didn't win the Super Bowl, so it didn't really matter. All right. So like we were talking about, all these signings that have kind of taken place haven't really taken place yet because – Free agency technically starts tomorrow, but you're allowed to talk to free agents uh, starting on Monday. Uh, and with how early we get signings or like agreements on contracts on Monday, you kind of think that maybe those guys are start, starting to talk a little bit earlier than what that legal tampering yeah. date is. But since it's all worked out, there's kind of like they don't really care too much. Other about than the that. Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so I guess we'll call all these alleged signings yes. and i'll go over all like the ones that. that we have right now and, and see just kind of give you guys what's going on 
So that way we can go ahead and get into our other stuff after that. Starting off with the Bills, Connor McGovern, Matt Milano uh, agreed to an extension for them. uh, But Connor McGovern is kind of the main guy that they signed. The Dolphins have been pretty busy signing Mike White. They got Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson back, both on two-year deals, signed David Long, and then traded for Jalen Ramsey over the past weekend. Uh, New England Patriots haven't done much except for re-signing Jonathan Jones. The Jets, Alan Lazar, Quincy Williams, Chuck Clark, Greg Zerline. We talked about that a little bit yeah. already. Ravens just placing the, the franchise tag thing on Lamar Jackson last week. That's really all they've done. The Bengals have lost quite a bit, but the only guy that they've retained so far has been Jermaine Pratt on a three-year deal. Cleveland Browns, they haven't really done too much. Some decent signings. Dalvin Tomlinson's kind of the main guy that they've gotten so far. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Pat Pete, two-year, $14 million deal there. I feel like we might talk about that a little bit later as far as some of our best signings. Uh, Houston Texans have been very busy. I'll just go over the guys who they taught, got and not money. Uh, Case Keenum, Noah Brown, Robert Woods, Andrew Beck, Shaq Mason, Scott Questenberry, Chase Winovich, Hassan Ridgeway, MJ Stewart, and Jimmy Ward from the Niners. Respect. The Colts. Uh, they signed Matt Gay to a four-year deal. So kicker movement there. That's kind of crazy. Uh, Jags haven't done too much except for just kind of retain some of their own guys. The Titans, their big move so far has been Aziz Alshair signing on a two-year, I believe is $11 million deal. Pretty solid linebacker who's been on the Niners in the past. All right. Uh, the AFC West now, the Broncos have been busy. Jared Stidham, Samaj P. Ryan, Chris Manhurts, Ben Powers, Michael McGlinchey, Zach Allen, and Alex Singleton uh, on their team now. The Chiefs, they let go of Orlando Brown, so that meant the tackle spot was open there, and they signed Jawan Taylor to a four-year, $80 million deal. Uh, the Chargers, Eric Kendricks has really been their only guy so far, two-year, $13.25 million deal there. Raiders, we already went over that. NFC East now, Cowboys haven't done much until a couple hours ago when they traded for the former Defensive Player of the Year, Stephon Gilmore from the Colts for a fifth-round pick. Pretty good deal there. Yeah. Uh, the Giants, getting Darren Waller is probably the main thing, I'd say. Uh, but they also got Bobby O'Karake on a four-year, $40 million deal with $22 million guaranteed. Seems like a pretty good deal there. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles, Rashad Penny, kind of a new running back, going to be in that. Maybe they draft the guy, but seems like Miles Sanders is gone. Uh, and they lost a lot of guys too, but two of the guys that they have retained so far is Brandon Graham and James Bradbury, as well as also Jason Kelsey coming back for one more year. The Washington Commanders, De'Aaron Payne signing his big four-year, $90 million contract extension with them is kind of the main thing that they've done so far. NFC North, we knew the Bears were going to throw around a ton of money, and they've kind of done that so far already. DJ Moore, obviously they got him in that trade with the Panthers. Nate Davis, Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards. They've spent about uh, maybe $130 million so far this offseason. So team with the most cap space is kind of doing what they're doing. The Lions, Cameron Sutton's really the main guy that they got on a three-year $33 million deal. Pretty solid deal there. Packers, nothing. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of how the Packers roll. Uh, the Vikings, their main thing so far has been signing Marcus Davenport to a one-year $13 million deal. Kind of surprised Davenport got a one-year deal. You'd think he kind of wants more, but whatever works for him, obviously he's okay with it. 
Atlanta Falcons have been busy. Taylor Heineke will be in the Falcons uniform on a two-year, $20 million deal there. Johnny nice. Smith was in trade to them. Uh, David Onyemata. Uh, Jesse Bates, the main one here, four years, $64 million contract that includes $23 million guaranteed in year one, which is Oof. kind of a lot. Uh, the Carolina <laughs> Panthers, they signed Andy Dalton today, so they have him now. They have their quarterback uh, in the future. <laughs> yeah, and then Von Bell uh, also signed there too, which is a pretty good deal for the Panthers with their young defense. The Saints, we know Derek Carr is there. Jameis Winston also returned on a one-year deal there. Michael Thomas, there's some talk about him potentially leaving. He's not leaving. He's staying there. Uh, they kind of just kept their guys for their other moves. Uh, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, only thing so far has been Jamal Dean coming back on a four-year deal. And then lastly, the NFC West, uh, the Cardinals, Kaiser White's been the main thing that they've done on a two-year, 13-something-million-dollar deal, something like that. The Rams, they uh, they got Hunter Long and a third-round pick for Jalen Ramsey, but that's about it. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers got Sam Darnold on a one-year contract. That's my guy. Uh, they signed a lot of their own guys, and then Javon Hargrave was their big fish so far. Four years, $84 million deal for the former former Eagle. And then lastly, the Seattle Seahawks just kind of keeping some of their own guys as well as signing Draymond Jones and uh, Jaron Reed. So decent start for the Seahawks there. That's it though. Yeah. That's a lot. Just give me a second to cool down here. Maybe let me, let me get a drink of water. Oh, you're we'll good. I got you Kyle. So what we're going to do next is something we do all the time. Who we yeah. think's the best legal, alleged, alleged tampering, signing, signing yeah. and the worst. And I have an honorable mention, too, in there. So, yeah, yeah I'll let I'm, you go I'm ahead ready first to debate guy. you. Okay, so the best move by far is Sam Darnold to the Niners. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's, it's Jamel, like, Jamel Dean. Jamel Dean back to Tampa Bay. He's only 26. Four years, $52 million. That's $13 million AAV. Instead of a, a projected 17 to 20 million, like he was uh, looking to get. And um, I just, I really like him, man. Uh, people thought he got benched last year in their playoff game, but it turned out he had a broken foot and I was trying to play through it. And that's why he was kind of playing a little bit, kind of not playing, but I, I really like him. And my honorable mention is going to be Ben Powers to the Broncos. Four years, 52 million, also young. Perfectly fits the scheme and started every game last year. And this is a guy, he's probably not going to be a pro bowler, but the reason I like it so much is because you can probably count on him every time. And I, I'm going to say probably because it's still the alleged signing period. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, as a Jets fan, I know all about players leaving when the real free agency starts. Oh, yeah. Any bar. Uh, uh as far as my best signings go, there's a few that I want to talk about before I actually get into my best. Uh, first off, I want to talk about Jimmy Ward going to Houston. I think that's pretty underrated there. Uh, kind of getting that veteran leader, I'd say, in that locker room in Houston. And, and a guy that knows D'Amico Ryan's system is going to be something that's big for, for a lot of those young DBs that they have, like Dirk Stingley. I assume that they probably draft one or two more guys in this year's draft. The next one is Eric Kendricks, who got cut by Minnesota, lands in Los Angeles with the Chargers. California kid. Uh, I'm not going to like it too much as a Raider fan, but I think they did a really good job on getting the job done there in L.A. 
Gillilock going to Dallas for a fifth round pick seems like a pretty good deal. I know he's not as good as he was when he was a defensive player of the year in 2019, I want to say, but mm-hmm. still a solid corner. And with the Cowboys weak second corner spot over this past year, that's a perfect spot for him matching up with Trayvon Diggs on the other side of the field. Von Bell is the other guy I want to talk about. I couldn't find his exact money, but I believe it's somewhere around three for 23. And that's a pretty damn okay. good deal for yep. Von Bell. Uh, and another thing, kind of the same thing as Jimmy Ward. Von Bell is a veteran who goes into a young secondary with Jeremy Chin and JC Horn and all these other guys and kind of can help to be a leader within that group for a guy who's been pretty deep in the playoffs a couple times now. Uh, but my best signing you talked about AAV with Jamal Dean. How about the AAV for Pat Pete going yeah. to the Steelers? I know he's lost a step a little bit since his prime with the Cardinals, but he was really, really good last year for the Minnesota Vikings. Maybe that was a scheme fit. Maybe it'll be a little bit different in Pittsburgh, but I doubt it considering playing under Mike Tomlin has allowed so many players really to show off their best abilities. And I think Pat Pete will do great in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So with the good, there's also the bad and the ugly. What about your worst alleged signing slash agreement so far? Yeah. Um, my worst one here, it's gotta be Andre Dillard. Three for twenty nine million to the Titans. Just draft a tackle, Tennessee. You you're in shambles already. This guy played like forty snaps over the last two years. This could fuck up their whole rebuild if there's multiple players making ten million a year on the bench every year. This just doesn't make any sense. And uh, well, you know what happened yeah. when the Titans drafted a lineman a couple years yes, ago, right? I know Isaiah Wilson or whatever his name Take was. Take a guy who's not a dumbass. That does help. <laughs> like Peter Skaronski, <laughs> or even you know Paris Johnson Jr. might be there. That dude's a G. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I want to, before we move on, I, I we got to talk about the Arizona guys. I feel like they're going to be in your worst, but I'm not going to go with any of them here because although they're not going to be pro bowl caliber guys in their Denver tenure, I believe it's not their fault. If Wilson flames out anyways, everybody's gone no matter what. So the, the Bronco downfall that everyone's projecting to happen will have nothing to do with Zach Allen, McGlinchey. They're not bad players. It's just, they're kind of just going to be there, not in the way, but just like watching everything go into flame. So that's why they're not in my worst signings because it won't be their fault. Okay. That makes okay. sense. My, my worst signings are Mike McGinchy and Zach Allen, because okay. those are two <laughs> average players who are going to be getting over 15 mil a year at their position within the top 10, not 10, 15%, but the top, you know, 10 position wise, as far as money that they're getting is not valid at all. Zach Allen, solid. Mike McGlinchey, solid, but they're not worth their money. Uh, and then the other guy I want to talk about is Tremaine Edmonds getting four years, 72 million from I the agree. Chicago Bears. Tremaine Edmonds is a great player, but I think you got to owe a lot of that to how good the Bills defense is as a whole and, and all those guys coming together to make one good group. We see like four or five, six guys every every couple of years where they they get this big money after coming off of a team that they were really good on, and they go to this new team and they just fizzle out and suck. Uh, but they're getting paid a shit ton, and I feel like that might happen for Tremaine Edmonds, even though I I enjoy watching him as a player. 
I kind of feel like Eberflus is trying way too hard to recreate the Colts cover two defense because he doesn't really know what's going on with the offense yet. So he's willing to overpay, but I still wouldn't have done it, you know? Yeah. Tremaine Edmonds ain't no Shaq Leonard. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move into the quarterbacks. Uh, We're mainly just talking Jimmy G and A-Rod in these next two spots. Starting off Mm -hmm. with Jimmy G. uh, We put this up before the Darren Waller trade happened, but I guess you can kind of incorporate that into your answer too. What does Jimmy G make the Raiders? Garoppolo makes the Raiders comfortable. And this may not be the answer you're looking for, but this is the reality. He's not going to win four, five, six games. He's going to be better than that. Uh, McDaniels and Ziegler know him. And the, again, a part that you're not going to want to hear, but it's probably true is this makes Garoppolo a very easy scapegoat uh, for when those two guys are trying to convince Mark Davis to keep him along throughout the rebuild. That's probably close. Uh, and, and again, that's probably why Darren Waller was traded is there's going to be something going on in the background here. And you could be right. It could be to free up some more space to get their guys. But I feel like it could be some kind of, uh, you know, a little bit more than a retooling here. And that's why they went with Garoppolo and not uh, waited for Lamar Jackson, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh... The Jimmy G paradox is something that's that's interesting because he always looks bad, but the team is always good. And I feel like this move made us worse. But somehow we're going to make the playoffs with this. It's just going to happen. That's how Jimmy G's career has gone. I know he doesn't have the best defense in the league like he did in San Francisco, but shit just always falls perfectly into place for this guy. Uh, no one, no one has luck. We'll probably win the AFC and then, you know, lose by 30 in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but realistically, realistically here, we'll probably win eight or nine games, maybe mm-hmm. even 10, depending on how some things go as far as injuries and what our luck is on that. But I don't love the signing. I really don't. I think it makes us not better than last year. We had a ton of bad luck last year and, some of that luck will bad luck will regress and it'll turn into good luck and it'll look like Jimmy G's making a positive change, but I really don't think it'll do much for us as a total team. Uh, at best, this is a wild card team. Let's talk about yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Is he a Jet? I don't know. He has all this wish list for this team that he's not even on yet at this point. It includes Alan Lazard, so one of that has been done by the Jets so far. But they also Aaron Rodgers wants. Some to also get Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis, and Odell Beckham Jr. Is he just fucking with you guys completely here, or are you guys actually going to bring him home? Uh, I'm going to do my best to take off my Jets cap here. What about your Jets shirt, dude? And uh, because I I really believe this is happening, I think it's reasonable to say this is just the first time in a very long time that a massive trade actually had nothing leaked to ESPN. I think it's possible. I mean, Lazard is already on the Jets. And Wingo, we know, Trey Wingo, who was the first one to break it, we know he has a good relationship with Rodgers. He wouldn't have said that if he didn't think it was happening. Like he said, the list, OBJ, Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb. I think they've all talked with each other. And it's just a, a matter of either money or, or compensation. And like we've been saying the entire show, it's alleged moves. 
you know, I, I think it's very possible he's he's in there talking with everyone. It's just hasn't been signed yet. And uh, yep. maybe I'm just uh, I just got my Jets cap on, but I think we're going to be all right. Yeah, it, it definitely seems that it, it comes down for Aaron Rodgers to the Jets or retiring. And I will say we talked about this earlier, but if he if you guys end up signing Lazard and say even getting Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis and, you know, fucking even OBJ, too. And then he just says, yep, I'm retiring. And you guys are stuck with all these like special teamers on the Packers. Like it's it's not going to be pretty. That situation will not go down well, obviously, with the New York media. Uh, but it's got to happen at this point. Right. And I'd say probably 75 to 80 percent. It will. Uh, and then 20 percent is Aaron Rodgers doing something crazy. But yeah, it, it's going to happen in my eyes. Aaron Rodgers will be a jet. Whether that works out well completely, I'm not too sure. Uh, but if it doesn't happen, you guys are screwed with Zach Wilson, man. So that's got to happen with for you guys. <laughs> did you just put an emoji on the Zoom? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Oh, Let's yes, go to halftime. All right. Welcome to halftime. Uh, I only got one thing in halftime because this is the offseason episode man so we're gonna do the post carolina trading up to number one mock draft and we're just going to talk about the top 10 here because like i said you know this isn't really important right now shit's just going to be based on on word of mouth for the next couple months here so yep. number one the panthers like i said earlier i i really think their guys cj stroud and again i don't think you're wrong that they're they you know would like richardson but i think they there's so many quarterbacks in that building now former nfl quarterbacks that uh, I feel like their guy would be the prototype. So CJ Stroud. And number two, Houston's going to be uh, ecstatic that they don't have to move to get Bryce Young. Uh, yeah, man. Number three, the Raiders will be trading up to number three to take Will Levis. Um, like I was saying earlier, you know, Jimmy G might be a scapegoat if he doesn't make the playoffs. Like you said, he, they probably should because uh, he could get hurt. It's happened a lot. Uh, and Will Levis should be there getting ready to go because he's not bad, man. And that kind of fits the running gun style of the AFC West. And uh, I'm not upset with that. You probably aren't either. I'm not. Uh, number four, the Colts are probably not too upset either. They get to sit and take Anthony Richardson from Florida, a guy who easily could go number one, is there at four. And this would be the first time ever four quarterbacks in a row to start the draft. That's kind of why I had the Raiders trading up too. So I want to see how this played out. Uh, number five, Seattle just paid for two big D tackles. So they're going to take Will Anderson, best player on the board. Edge from Mama. Number six, the Lions. I had them taking Jalen Carter. First time I've ever done this. I feel like uh, Dan Campbell is the kind of guy you just you want to play hard for. And Jalen Carter uh, maybe will get some of that charisma from him and get his shit together. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that'd be a pretty cool fit. Number seven, the Cardinals. I'm taking Tyree Wilson, the edge from Texas Tech, a guy who's been rumored that uh, they could take him at number three. He's kind of got some of that. I feel like I, I talked about this before, a little bit of that Trayvon Walker, Cleveland Furl. Like, he's got really nothing on tape, but there's just something about him. <laughs> that kind of prospect on the edge uh, that'll get him drafted in the top ten. Number eight is where things get a little weird, though. I have the Falcons taking Christian Gonzalez, corner from Oregon. Not everyone's top corner, 
but they're going to need a guy alongside AJ Terrell probably in a year or two from now. So they're just going to get ahead of the curve here and take one. Now the bears finally pick, even though they're the worst team, they haven't spent anything on tackle. So they're going to take the top tackle Paris Johnson, Jr. From Ohio state. And again, there's still big guys on the board uh, available in, um, in free agency. So they could still spend more money, but as of right now, it's left tackle. And number 10, the Eagles, I've heard they could take running back, they could trade down, but they've lost a couple secondary members, and Devon Witherspoon from Illinois is uh, that Swiss Army knife. So that's the 10th pick. And uh, a very short and sweet halftime, but it's the important stuff this week. But yeah. everybody wants to hear, so take it away, Kyle, for the second half. Yeah, we're talking about the WBC here in the second half. Just going over some of the things so far and what we've seen, uh, where the pools are. So we'll start off with that as my computer's being a little slow loading up. You're all good. Here we go. So Pool A started just about a week ago now at this point. Uh, so it's over at this point. The Pool A, we already know everything. And everybody went two and two. Uh, uh, but as far as like the tiebreakers and stuff like that, they get a little interesting as far as ERA runs scored. I'll just let you know on how the pool ended up finishing. Number five was Chinese Taipei, which had Yu Chang on at the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. Uh, but they go two and two and claim that last spot. Next up was Panama, who of course also went two and two. And then the Netherlands, who started off two and zero, but after losing two straight games to end pool play, did not qualify for the next round. After that qualifying second place, the runner up was Italy. Pretty nice. interesting team there led by Nikki Lopez, who had eight hits in the first round. And then Cuba ended up winning pool a, uh, another thing to note with this is that if you finish last in your pool, you were also relegated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means that you will have to qualify for the next WBC. If you finish within the top four, that means you have an automatic bid into the next one uh, in 2026. So I felt so big brain leaving Cuba out and they started 0 2 and they just mash those last <laughs> two days. It's like, damn. Yeah, the Netherlands kind of fooled us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm happy with my Italy place in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is Pool B. Uh, China was the team that got relegated here. They were not good at all. Uh, and their one win for Czech Republic came against China, who finished Good for them, fourth. though. Pretty cool story there, of course, and they automatically qualify for the next one, which is the big thing there. Yeah. Uh, good for Czech, Czech Republic baseball and European baseball in general. Do you like that commercial uh, where they're like, I am science teacher, but tonight I play shortstop. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. I did see that. Uh, the third-place team, so the best team to not qualify in Pool B, was Korea a very much of a shocker there, but they started off 0-2, uh, big loss to Australia in their yeah. first game, and then losing to Japan in the second game kind of screwed them over. Uh, and Korea doesn't qual, shockingly. The runner-up team in Pool B was Australia, who went 3-1. and Their only loss came to Japan, who of course went 4-0 and and won the Tokyo Pool B and will host the next game uh, for the quarterfinal. Uh, And then Pool C is currently still going on. Same thing with Pool D. I'll just give you the standings and kind of where we're at right now. Uh, As of right now, Great Britain is in the number five of Colombia, also at one and two. And then after that is Mexico sitting at one and one right now. 
but they're in a tough spot because the USA and Canada are with uh, at two and one right now. And in order to okay, let me just set the scene for you guys on how this stuff will go. It's going to get a little confusing. Uh, but the U.S. plays Colombia tomorrow. U.S. wins, they qual, they're good to go. Uh, and then Canada and Mexico play each other in a couple days, or maybe that will be tomorrow. Uh, and if the winner, if Canada wins that game, they're in pretty much. So if USA and Canada win, they're in. If Canada loses to Mexico, it gets pretty interesting as far as tiebreakers and all that stuff goes, and a couple more teams have a chance. But that's where we sit right now. Pool C, the teams that are playing in Phoenix. And then lastly is Pool D, uh, starting off with Nicaragua, who went 0-4. Their WBC is winless, and they will be the team that gets relegated and have to qualify again for the WBC in 2026. Next up is Israel, who's currently playing right now against the Dominican Republic, who is also 1-1, same thing as Israel. Uh, We're in the bottom of the fourth. Dominican Republic's up 3-0, and we can assume that Holding on, not three nothing, but Dominican Republic will probably hold on to win that game. Uh, Puerto Rico is at two and one, and then Venezuela is at three and zero. Oh. They have already qualified now at this point, so Venezuela is good to go. If they win pool uh, D, that's not quite sure yet, based off of what they do in their last game, but they should be good to go there. And we will have a game tomorrow between Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic that will determine who goes on for the next round, most likely, as long as the DR holds up this uh, score against Israel. And that will be a very fun game to mm-hmm. watch. So tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern or 4 p.m. our time here on the West Coast, turn into probably Fox Sports 1 because that's going to be a great yeah. game to watch. But what any takeaways from Pule that you have so far? Anything about the Italy or the Netherlands that shocked you? Something like that? Well, I, it's not shocking that the Netherlands didn't pitch well. You know, the guys that we knew were all old, uh, mm-hmm. and the other guys weren't major leaguers. Um, but I don't know. I guess I'm surprised uh, Chinese Taipei gave up so many runs. Yeah, that's the was, one thing, because I'm not surprised the others mashed. Everyone in that pool mashes the ball. Yeah, it was a pretty interesting pool there yeah. with, with how that, that play went. Italy was really the one team that kind of didn't have that same, you know, feel of their, their team as far as we got guys that are going to destroy the ball and maybe our pitching isn't so good. Italy was a very, you know, fielding heavy team, contact mm-hmm. heavy team, and their pitching wasn't super good. and They didn't have a ton of power. But obviously got the job done as they came up big in the last two games and, and ended up qualifying. Uh, moving on to Pool D. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Australia, it was pretty surprising. Do they have a chance to get out of this? I feel like they, they play Cuba in this next game. Yeah. That would be in Tokyo. Can we see Australia making a game in the States in this coming week? No. Sorry. Really? No, Cuba's too good. They're going to put up a lot of runs on them. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm picking Australia in that okay. game. That's a okay. fun one to see. That'd be cool to see, you know, Australia make it up to America and, and play in that game in Miami in the semifinals. Pool C, I guess the only shocker is that the U.S. has lost the game at this point. Uh, but any takeaways that you have from that pool? Uh, Mexico's pretty good, man. I'm really surprised they lost that game to Colombia. But um, other than that, I mean, 
so as of right now, Canada is ahead of the USA in the standings. Is that because of runs or they haven't updated it yet? Or So Canada scored 18 runs against Great Britain. Oh, runs per out. And so that helps quite a bit. Yeah. Uh I believe that is one of the main things when it comes down to that. Uh, so that's where it is right now. But if we win this next game, uh, and we probably should against the Colombian team who's not yeah. that good, then we should probably be finishing at number one. Okay. They absolutely looked locked in, though, last night. I mean, that the kid for Canada, I, I not felt bad because it was an awesome opportunity for him, but mm-hmm. uh, it was a little hard to watch. Yeah, and uh, we were pissed off. Kid. Yeah, yeah, going up against Team USA is not too favorable for a guy like that. But uh, Matt Brett, good job on making it to the WBC mm-hmm. uh, and representing your country. And then lastly, Pool D, I guess Venezuela, man, this is a fun team yeah. to watch and, and, and play. And they, I don't know if it kind of skipped by us. I mean, I had them qualifying and being in the second place behind the Dominican Republic. But three and no, that's got to shock you, right? I definitely underestimated them. I, I didn't think they'd have the lights out pitching. And like we, we've seen the DR have a lot of strikeouts. We saw Puerto Rico throw a perfect game, the first ever in the mm-hmm. WBC. And Venezuela still undefeated at the top. I uh, did not think that would happen. And um, yeah, as a USA fan, I'm not looking forward to facing either Puerto Rico or the DR right now. I thought it would uh, be somebody else for sure. Yeah, it's going to be – I think I'd probably rather play Puerto Rico. Uh, that Dominican lineup is just so tough to face, and especially when, when our pitching isn't that good. If we're if we're playing a game where it's, it's Sandy Alcantara going against our lineup and it's, I don't know, Merrill Kelly or – Brady Singer going against the Dominican yeah. Republic lineup. I just don't feel super confident, even that it, that is in America, which it will be if, if it ends up happening. It's not going to be too too good a matchup for us. And we're going to be playing in Miami, where we haven't been playing at all this tournament, and those guys have. That's yeah. true. And Miami is kind of like a very close of course like the second to the home Dominican Republic. I, yeah. I mean i know it's technically I mean, it is in the usa so there should be you know a lot of american fans there yeah. still but miami is known for you know having puerto ricans and dominican republic and people from that area just kind of going up there if they're going to the states uh but it should be fun we'll have more for you guys next week yeah, because I believe there should be some big games next week. Let's go ahead Absolutely. and move into our layups and bowl. I do have uh, some Aaron Rodgers news. I've been holding on to for 10 minutes because I didn't want to oh. stop the World Baseball Classic. Okay. Um, so Trey Wingo and Ari Miriaf both confirm this. The holdup is not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is here to protect his friends. He wouldn't lie to them. It's somebody else. Somebody else is holding up. One of the teams is holding up the deal. Hmm. So what does that end up meaning? Would that be compensation? It could be compensation. I don't know. If I'm the Jets, I'd okay. So the Packers can't be one more than like what, like a like a first. I was hearing that they might not even have wanted pick thirteen or needed. You know, obviously they would want it. 
This is interesting. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Maybe they're saying, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers actually probably has a no trade clause, so that probably doesn't affect anything. If Aaron Rodgers yeah. wants to go, he's practically a free agent uh, yeah. with how this stuff works. Uh, just not going to get a new contract, but he can pick whatever team he kind of wants to go on to. And that's obviously been the Jets. But maybe, maybe they're saying no. And just, hey, we're just going to screw over Aaron because he's screwed over us a couple of times. But that would be I don't know. Fuck. Deal will probably get done. Yeah. Yeah. But at least we know it's, uh, it's not Aaron <laughs> for now. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No crazy news, though, this time, like we had yeah. when uh, Le'Veon Bell got cut and we were doing <laughs> the podcast live. And that's pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, and so let's go ahead and get into our layups and bowl predictions, though. From last week, we went 2-0 in our layups. I had Italy advancing to the quarterfinals, and that ended up happening. And Skyler had Bayern Munich over PSG on Wednesday. In the Champions uh, for a League. little bit of, of football, of soccer, <laughs> uh, for our picks there. So good job to Skyler. Yeah. This week, I have the DR over the PR on Wednesday. It's the Dominican Republic over Puerto Rico uh, with that game tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, also, WBC. Sorry, Kyle. I know you've been enjoying the small ball of Italy, but that's a Shotani start for Japan. Uh, they're going to win this one easily. Yeah. Last week I had USA wins WBC. Obviously, that's not you know finished yet. So that's in white as of right now, not green or red. Uh, and this guy had Dallas over Memphis on Saturday, I believe. Memphis won that game pretty handily. I'm pretty sure, right? Uh, four or five points, I think. Oh, they played. They played on Monday as well oh, too. Oh, so okay, okay. That game was okay. a blowout for Memphis, but yeah, yeah that yeah, game yeah. was pretty close. Uh, this week, I have Australia moving on. They play on Wednesday. I'm pretty sure against Cuba. Cuba. Uh, so I'm picking Australia. I said I would before, and I'm sticking with that. I'm not saying I'm confident in Cuba, but uh, those guys are hot, man. And when the Cuban bats get hot. We've seen over the past 20 years what happens. But that's not my bold prediction. I'm going back to basketball. I'm going to have the Warriors beating the Clippers on Wednesday. The Clippers are our favorites. As I think it's four and a half right now. Probably get bigger for some reason because the Warriors crushed them earlier this month without Steph by 25 points. So I'm taking the Warriors. You know, it's not a back-to-back, so we'll have everybody except for Wiggins most likely. And, uh, yeah, let's go with the Warriors over the Clippers. Go Dubs, man. We're starting yeah. to play a bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's going to do it for episode 131. We will see y'all next week for episode 132. That will not be the MLB season preview. We're probably looking at the 28th uh, for okay. the MLB season preview because the season starts a couple days after that. Uh, but next week, probably a ton more NFL news. Maybe Aaron Rodgers will officially be a Jet at that point. We'll have a lot of signings that obviously came official. Maybe another big trade or two. Another team trades up in the draft, trades down, whatever. Maybe there. Maybe some John Morant news. Perhaps that could be something <laughs> as well too. Uh, but I don't know. We will see y'all in seven days. Let's go, Aaron Rodgers, man. New York Packers. Go, go, Jimmy. We'll see you next week. <laughs>